Breaking news from KXAN News. That breaking news from overnight, a man is dead in Round Rock after a shootout and car chase with Texas troopers. This is a live look at our TxDOT camera near our I-35 and FM 1431. And you can see there's still a lot of law enforcement activity there on the service road. Good morning, thank you for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, I'm Sally Hernandez. The Department of Public Safety DPS says all of it started when troopers tried to stop a driver on US 183 around 10 o'clock last night. They say the man did not move out of the way of emergency vehicles. They didn't specify what kind of emergency vehicles, but say that's when the chase started. Troopers followed the man throughout parts of Williamson County. They say he fired a gun out the window at DPS. They used a device to deflate his tires, eventually stopping him on I-35 across from the Ikea in Round Rock. DPS says the man got out of his vehicle with a gun, and that is when they shot him, then trying to save his life but he died. We know the Texas Rangers are now investigating. Yes, comes as DPS has stepped up its presence in Austin. Last month, the city reached an agreement between APD and DPS in order to help police with staffing shortages. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good morning. We begin with a look at clouds and radar showing a little bit of light rain possible in spots. Nothing heavy. Got a lot of cloud cover sitting on top of us right now. As far as the live look outside goes, we bring you up to Marble Falls. Our River City Grill Highland Furniture camera there is showing a nice clear view of 281. We're not seeing widespread fog, but we could see a couple of spots of low clouds here and there this morning. Your temperatures are very mild in the 60s and 70s. 73 in Austin, 71 in Bastrop, 69 in Burnett with those mid to upper 60s out in the hill country. From the 60s and 70s, we're going to hang on to that through the later part of the morning, eventually talking 80s by lunchtime. And the forecast highs back to the 90s. We go forecast high of 91 in Austin. It'll be a mix of those upper 80s to low 90s across central Texas. Yet again, another risk of severe weather today. It's a low risk, but it's centered out over the hill country for what seems like the billionth time, right? Hill country, unfortunately, has had a rough go over the last few days with that isolated severe risk and today looks about the same but i will tell you a much much different week ahead we have daily rain and thunderstorm chances stretched all the way through the weekend and this is not just going to be a sprinkle we've got the potential for heavy rain and even some flooding concerns as we get into the back half of the work week and weekend i'm going to show you what i'm looking at as far as not only the rain chances but also your temperatures it's coming up in your first 20 forecast Kristen, thank you. The search for a motive continues this morning after the deadly mass shooting we saw this weekend at an outlet mall near Dallas. That is witness video capturing the chaos as shots rang out and people ran for cover. Investigators identifying the shooter as 33-year-old Mauricio Garcia. They say he was armed with an AR-15 style rifle killing eight people and injuring seven others before police killed him. One of the victims identified as 20-year-old Christian LaCour says his family does confirm he was shot and killed while working as a security guard at the mall. And we have KXAN's Daniel Marine there in Allen where the community held a prayer vigil last night. And that vigil happened at a packed church. It's about a five minute drive from here at the Allen Premium Outlets, where the memorial behind me is growing, as you can see, along with the crowds. Most people just really standing here in silence because at this point, when it comes to mass killings in America, what is there left to say? 
Another tribute to lives lost going up at the scene of another mass shooting. This time it's black crosses placed in front of an outdoor mall where a day of shopping turned to horror. We were here, I think like 20 minutes before it happened and we left. So it's crazy to sit there and think that you could have been in this situation. Lena Maliki and her family came back to help set up the memorial a day after their close call. And as he went by, the, the, the shots got louder and louder. Bill McLean and his wife had an even closer call. They hid in a cosmetic store as the gunman walked by. A day later, they were waiting to retrieve their car from the parking lot so they could head back home to Oklahoma. A lot of kids come here on the weekends and they don't deserve to come to a mall and expect that this is going to happen. For Alexa Keith, a personal connection, she used to work at the mall and still has friends who do. We go through these trainings and it's like you never know what's going to happen. Nearby, the community filed into a large church for words of healing. We pray that, oh God, may our hearts be strong. As gun control advocates protested near the church's entrance. Speaking on Fox News, Governor Greg Abbott had this to say. There has been a dramatic increase in the amount of anger and violence uh, that's taking place in America. And what Texas is doing uh, in a big time way, uh, we are working to address uh, that anger and violence by going to its root cause, uh, which is addressing uh, the mental health problems behind it. America is killing itself through violence and immorality. As that increases, it's going to increase everywhere else. So it's not something that should come as a surprise to people. In a statement, President Joe Biden urged D.C. lawmakers to send him a bill banning assault-style rifles. He said he would sign it immediately. Now, interesting to note, Allen, Texas already has a connection to another mass shooting in Texas, a deadly one. The shooter in the El Paso massacre at a Walmart in 2019 was from here. Reporting in Allen, Texas, Daniel Marine, we'll send it back to you. Daniel, thank you. NBC News says senior law enforcement officials, two of them, say Garcia interacted with neo-Nazi and white supremacist content online, but they do stress it is way too soon and early to know a motive. An investigation near the Texas border. The charges a driver now faces after driving into a crowd of migrant shelter killing multiple people. And in a world of social media, how parents can help their kids have a healthy mind and body image. Good morning, it is 439 and a live look out in Marble Falls. You can see Lake Marble Falls there below. I hope you're having a great start to your Monday morning. I want to tell you that Governor Greg Abbott is going to be providing an update on Texas's border security. Comes ahead of the end of the pandemic era policy, Title 42. That pandemic policy allowed border agents to expel migrants over health concerns. Several state leaders are going to join Abbott at Austin's airport. He'll be speaking at 7 this morning. And down near the Texas border, investigators are trying to figure out why a person drove into a crowd outside a migrant shelter. Killing eight people and injuring 10 others in Brownsville. It happened yesterday in the morning at a bus stop near the shelter. Some of those who died, migrants from Venezuela. The driver was arrested on charges of reckless driving. The many homeless and immigrants who, who come here are very sort of upset. We've been fortunate that there's been some counselors who've come because many of them witnessed what happened. And, uh, and we're going to celebrate a mass and, uh, and sort, of, sort of help them to kind of sort of make sense or just at least try to make some 
get, regain some sense of, of, of perspective and, and peace in their lives and, and to recognize this is a terrible tragedy, an awful thing. Police have ordered a toxicology report on the driver. That could take weeks to get the results. Following that mass shooting in Allen, we are hearing from experts about what is driving the increase in these deadly attacks. And we are kicking off a week of coverage into a problem. Hundreds of you have sent in tips when it comes to billing, tech, customer service problems at the state's tollway operation. Text tag troubles, a viewer-driven investigation is coming up. Texas baseball with a big win on Sunday as they win another Big 12 series. I've got more on that coming up. Good morning, a live look outside and the UT Tower lit up in burnt orange 23 written on the side celebrating this year's graduating class. Congratulations to all the new Longhorn alum. We have covered several proposals from Texas lawmakers that would give parents more control of their children's access to social media. Number of studies have shown that what social media apps can do to a teen's body image and their mental health. Yeah, earlier this year, the Surgeon General even said he thinks 13-year-olds too young for children to be on social media platforms because kids are still developing their identity. So I talked with a family therapist for expert advice on how parents can help their kids have a healthy body image in a world of social media. What do you do though when you see perfect images on social media and filters. And um, there was a study that came out about video games and how that you know influences one's body image. How do you feel good about yourself when you're looking at people who don't look like you? So what I really encourage parents and families to do, instead of trying to shut down the conversation, being afraid of it, instead, let's talk about it and bring that conversation into our homes. How do you even approach that? And at what age should you approach that with your kids? Well, I have parents telling me that the kids are raising these issues younger and younger, that preschoolers are noticing that some dolls appear more beautiful to them than others, or they're pinching their own bodies. And what they're really doing is normalizing and asking to have the conversation with you. So I say start as early as you can. And the goal is to be honest. How do you approach that honesty then? So the most important thing for me in my home, in a body positive home, is that I name the very real feelings we all can have about our bodies. If you see a young child pinching their fat, for example, your instinct may be to say, you're beautiful, you're not fat. However, haven't you ever done that, looked in the mirror, wondered about your roles? It's very normal. So I say start the conversation. It looks like you're wondering about your body and you're noticing that bodies come in all shapes and sizes. It's neutral. What do you see as beautiful about you? What are some things that you don't always feel really connected to? I feel like you just offered such great free advice for so many parents out there. You, I think you've opened some eyes and I really appreciate that. It's really important information for parents to know. You do wonder about these things. Frightening, Tom, yeah. I'm telling you, it's yeah. frightening. Okay, I want to tell you about what we're looking at here. Some puppies out on the water. Lady Bird Lake, this is part of the annual Paddle for Puppies event over the weekend. So cute, since 2011, puppies have been able to cool off 
uh, in, on canoes and kayaks and do some stand-up paddleboarding at Austin's Rowing Dock with more than 340 people taking part in doggies. It was the most successful paddle for puppies <laughs> event, raising over $30,000 for Austin Pets Alive. Since it started, the event has raised more than $160,000 to help puppies in need. So cute, aren't they? It was probably a novel experience for a lot of these dogs, too, being out on the water. Yeah. What's going on? Exactly. I, Dixie could never. <laughs> no. I get like just like the crazy like back and forth, you know. Yeah. You need a very calm, steady, peaceful kind of pump. Yes. Very zen. Very zen. <laughs> Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. Hopefully you had a great weekend. We begin with statewide radar showing a couple spots of sprinkles here and there. Nothing of too much concern just yet. As far as the temperatures go, currently sitting at 73 degrees. Humidity still up there. Temperatures, though, are going to look pretty nice today. Getting a little hot this afternoon, yes. But today's actually going to be the hottest day of the next seven. We go from the 70s to the 90s this afternoon forecast high 91 most of your morning afternoon dry it's going to be later on into the evening that we have to watch for a few storms particularly out in the hill country so i wanted to show you if i put this into motion you'll notice some of those isolated storms approaching us from the west around 7 a uh, 7 p.m i should say 7 8 9 p.m is when i expect most of this to be in the hill country not to say there won't be anything elsewhere i just think the better dynamics the better setup will be for areas west of I-35. Now, I will tell you, I'm kind of leaning towards this computer forecast model for today. This, again, is 9 p.m. tonight. Let me show you what another model is indicating, though, for the same time frame here. 9 p.m. tonight. So both scenarios are possible. Yes, I'm kind of leaning on the conservative side just because I think these are going to be pretty isolated storms. I don't expect this much on radar, but it is possible. And something we're going to stay on top of and stay ahead of as we get into the later part of today. The severe risk is going to be west of I-35. It's a one out of five in dark green. You'll notice this slight risk that we have for Western San Saba and Mason County. Still, again, a low risk, but damaging winds and hail both possible. As far as the rain coverage goes, expect a 30% chance of storms today and a better chance of storms and showers from about tomorrow on. The problem is now we're starting to flirt with the potential for some very heavy rain. By that, I'm talking about between now and Saturday, we have the potential for one to three inches. This isn't a problem. The problem comes this weekend when I have most of our models right now putting over three inches across most of central Texas. I'm starting to get a little concerned as to how much rain we could see this weekend. So I want you to uh, make sure you're staying up to date with us, but I'm just giving you a warning now. I'm seeing some concerning weather as far as how heavy that rain will come later in the week. Temperatures will be in the 90s today, but then we kick off a string of 80s starting tomorrow. And as you can see, daily storm chances go from 30% today and then 60% tomorrow. We'll go back and forth between about 50 to 80% over the next several days. Okay, thank you, Kristen. We want to continue our coverage this morning of that mass shooting in Allen. It is just the latest in a string of recent mass killings this year. Yeah, experts are taking a closer look at what's driving the increase in deaths. NBC's Kate Snow breaks down the data. The outlet mall near Dallas. We start hearing rock, rock, rock. The Atlanta Medical Office. All I see was police cars and SWAT and everybody's just pulling up, pulling up, pulling up, back to back, back to back. Neighbors shot in Cleveland, Texas. A Sweet 16 birthday party in Alabama, a Louisville bank. And an elementary school in Nashville. How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? 
The Gun Violence Archive counts more mass shootings so far this year than days, 199. That includes any shooting with at least four victims, not including a shooter. I've been studying this for 40 years and I've never seen a year like this. Criminology professor James Fox oversees a database at Northeastern University that keeps track of deadly mass shootings. Why are we seeing so many mass killings this year? Well, we have several factors. We have many more guns in the hands of Americans. Uh, there's been a large increase in gun sales since COVID. Uh, and because of COVID, many Americans are suffering economically and emotionally. And this country is, is quite divided. People are angry and they're taking it out on innocent strangers. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is a strong supporter of gun owners. Today, he said the long-term solution is to address mental health. There has been a dramatic increase in the amount of anger and violence uh, that's taking place in America. And what Texas is doing uh, in a big-time way, uh, we are working to address uh, that anger and violence by going to its root cause, uh, which is addressing uh, the mental health problems behind it. Josh Horwitz is co-director of the Johns Hopkins Center for Gun Violence Solutions. Is it a combination of factors, including access to guns, but also including mental health? Well, it's always a combination of factors. Um, other countries have mental illness, other countries have video games, but we have unprecedented access to firearms. So you take the combination of those risk factors and you layer on all these weapons, all these new guns, high capacity magazines, AR-15 assault weapons, and you have the disaster that we're seeing right now in the United States. Some states are making changes. Governors in Colorado and Washington state signed major reforms on gun ownership last month. But in Washington, D.C., a chronic impasse. I have gone the full extent of my executive authority to do on my own anything about guns. NBC's Yamiche Alcindor covers Washington. The president said it's up to Congress to act. Is that likely to happen? While last year, President Biden helped pass some substantial bipartisan gun legislation, he's repeatedly urged Congress to do more, including banning assault weapons. But it's unlikely that Republicans who control the House will agree to that restriction or any further changes to gun laws. For communities torn apart by gun violence, like Allen, Texas, a fear nothing will change. We just go through this over and over and nothing gets done. That was Kate Snow reporting for us. We'll have continuing coverage from Alan coming up throughout the newscast. Uh, another news right now, if you have an iPhone, heads up, you may want to download the latest software update right now because Apple just launched rapid security responses, which are meant to deliver important security improvements between software updates. It, it may take your phone a little slower to charge though. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Pretty pivotal Sunday for Longhorn baseball team. Trying to avoid a series loss at Kansas before their final seven games all at home and just one more Big 12 series. First of all, some history at UT, and it's hard to do that with all the years and great players that have come through there. But Dylan Campbell puts his name in the record books. The first inning double extends his hit streak to 26. That passes the previous record Michael Torres held back in 2008. Now we go to the key action and Garrett Gilmet breaks up a 3-3 game in the seventh inning with a base hit. Then some badly needed insurance from the Longhorns and that's Eric Kennedy and that's a team leading 12th home run. They extended to 7-3. They needed all those runs. Bottom of the ninth, another adventure. KU already 
cuts into it 7-5, and then the base hit makes it 7-6. You've got the winning runs on base, and they go to Ace Whitehead. And the young lefty has become an important part of the bullpen, and boy, how big is that? Strike three called. Texas wins are guaranteed of at least a 500 conference season. 32nd win of the season. Longhorns get UTA tomorrow before San Jose State this weekend. Texas softball final regular season game. They didn't want to end it on a bad note after losing two to Baylor trying to avoid the sweep. No score and Mia Scott brings home the go-ahead run. They had to review it. Was it fair or it's foul? It was upheld. So then Texas trying to close it down. Two on, two out. And Zadie LaValle chops it over first. It's called a fair ball. Baylor walks it off. Of course, they're going to review it. So a lot of anxious fans on both sides. The difference between Texas still leading and, well, there it is. Baylor walks them off. They sweep the Longhorns 2-1, to one, the final score. So now it's on to the Big 12 tournament in Oklahoma City. Texas still the number two seed overall, and they will play Thursday at 3 o'clock against Texas Tech. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.